I was unemployed again, but the bartender at Damascus used to work at a restaurant where I was a line cook, so he let me drink for free. I sidled in about ten at night and sat down next to a guy in a bowler hat who offered to buy me a warm beer. I accepted, and he said, I'm wearing a diaper, and smiled. His teeth looked like frozen ginger ale. His name was Vern. People had tried to introduce me to him before, but those times he'd been in blackouts, yelling things like, That's no way to talk to your commanding officer! He drank warm beers because the cold ones made his ancient teeth ache. His brand of choice was Michelob, and the bartenders at Damascus always kept a warm stash for Vern. Why a diaper? I said, a familiar buzz slithering through my hands. Sometimes they felt like maracas, hollowed out, something bouncing around inside the skin. Gotta be ready for anything, Vern said, and paid for the warm ones. Like war. He took his bowler hat off and set it on the bar. Vern must have been seventy. He was bald. The hair he didn't have on top of his head he made up for with eyebrows. Fierce tangles of curly hair, long and rolled like handlebar mustaches. The bartender set the beers down and walked away to help someone else. You got a problem with my diaper boy? Vern said. Just last week, I'd seen him spit warm beer in a man's face because the guy was wearing a dead Kennedy's shirt. I know that's a band, Vern had said to him, but those dead Kennedy brothers may have saved our country. Now we live in a hive of shit. That was when he spit on him. The guy was probably 40 years younger than Vern, but he didn't do anything about it. He didn't even answer. Wiped the beer out of his eyes and walked away. He, like the rest of us, assumed if Vern was nuts enough to act that way, he must know some cagey ways to bring men down. My hands weren't physically shaking, so maybe maracas didn't really describe them. Maybe they were more like bags of microwave popcorn, inflating with violence as the kernels exploded. Dr. Angel Hair used to say that the buzzing hands were because of my disorders, that I'd had a dissociative fugue, that I suffered from depersonalization. But that name always felt phony. Wasn't it exactly the opposite? I wasn't depersonalized. I was more of a person. I felt more. Never went an hour without my maracas writhing and jerking and thrumming. Vern waited for me to respond. And when he realized I wasn't going to say anything, he said, That's a good little boy, spanking himself and holding his warm beer up between us. I extended mine, our bottles touching. The older the buck, he said the harder the horns. We drank. His eyes glazed over, mouth hanging open. Are you okay? I said. Vern twirled the long matted hairs of one of his eyebrows. Didn't answer for a few seconds. I am now. Look, he said, and pointed at his crotch. No leaks. I didn't want to sit with him or his temper or the blaring ways he reminded me of Lech, good and bad. I thanked him for the warm one and went outside to smoke. Only two drags into my cigarette, and I heard some muffled gagging noises coming from down the block, maybe twenty feet away. I could see two people, 
could hear a man's voice saying things, but couldn't make out his words. Everything all right? I said. More choking noises. A woman said, Please. I said, You okay? A man said, No worry for you. And he whispered something to the woman that I couldn't hear. She stopped begging. My maracas shook in ugly seizures. I looked up and down the street, took a few steps toward the couple, tossed my cigarette down, and heard the harsh sound of weight being thrown against a corrugated garage door, the man's silhouette slamming the woman into the clamoring metal. Two times, three times, four. He pulled his hand back and slapped her, and she fell to the sidewalk. And the man, still standing, his legs splayed to straddle her face, leaned over and choked her again. He picked her head up and shook it, hit it on the concrete. Stop, I said. I ran at him.